0: But where are you really from?
1: But where are you really from? Hey everyone, I'm Angela Lin.
0: And I'm Jessie Lin. And welcome back to another episode of But Where Are You Really From?
1: Today, we are talking about the concept of perpetual foreigner, but not in the way you might think. In the past several years, especially with the COVID anti-Asian violence kicking up, the term perpetual foreigner has been resurfaced a lot in the context of Asian Americans in the U.S. not necessarily feeling like we belong because we're constantly reminded that we're outsiders of some sort, even if we were born and raised there. But for me, <laughs> how we're taking this episode, it's quite literal. I've been nomadic for two years, nomadic in Asia for one year. So basically everywhere I go, I am a foreigner because I think we've talked about this in the past, but when you go to a country outside the US, especially Asian countries, they do just very literally refer to anyone that's not of their nationality as a foreigner. And even in the like legal sense, right? Like when you enter customs, it says foreign passport (laughs) versus their passport. So I'm quite literally a foreigner wherever I go. But but the one experience that we're going to dive into today where it's kind of like ooh, let's uh, fuck with my identity crisis a little bit more again is very recently over winter break I was in Taiwan for the first time in Seven years. Wow. Which is pretty wild because it had been eight years since I had gone back that previous time. So I guess these are like big chunks of time that have gone by. But the context of me going this time was quite different from in the past. My whole family was there. But it was different because this time I was going with Ramon and his parents. Like we were kind of doing an all family, both sides of the marriage meetup in Taiwan thing. So it was their first time in Taiwan and Ramon's parents first time in Asia in general so it was kind of like a big thing and we were doing our not a wedding but the delayed banquet for our wedding thing with my huge extended family so it was a thing the main reason it was very different for me compared to the past times i've gone to taiwan is this is the first time that i didn't go with my family like i didn't travel with them so i wasn't escorted by them everywhere and when we got there we stayed in separate places because my parents own an apartment in taiwan but it's in Sanxia, so it's like 45 minutes to an hour outside of Taipei proper. And because this was Ramon and his parents' first time in Taiwan, I didn't want them to stay in, like... The boondocks. So we got an Airbnb in Taipei. So I was separated from my family, except for the few times we like met up specifically to all be together. But it was really on me to like lead the group. I was the only person who could speak Chinese because we actually went to Japan first. Like Ramona and I were already in Japan when his parents came to meet us in Asia. So we spent two weeks in Japan traveling a couple different cities first and then we all flew to Taipei together and the difference being I'm not fluent in Japanese but I've been taking classes so I know some basic Japanese and I also have just similar daily interactions enough with restaurant People, store people that I generally know how to ask things or what to expect them to be saying back to me. So I'm a little bit more comfortable. And then Ramon was also there and his Japanese is better than me. So we could tag team it. Versus in Taiwan, there's no English anywhere. I think it's something I didn't really think about until I had friends visit Taiwan the last time I was there and they were like, Uh, There's like no English on any of the signs, except for public transportation, which is pretty convenient. But like restaurant signs, menus, there's really no English and nobody speaks English. Everyone was dependent on me to get around because even just getting in a taxi and telling them where to go or like ordering any food, telling them what's even on the menu, it was just, it was kind of a lot. It was pretty stressful.
0: Listen, that is honestly so rough. Like, not even thinking about going to a foreign country, but just hosting my parents here in New York where I can speak English. (laughs) It's like, it's just hard when people are relying on you to, like, take them places because you have to, like, think about oh my gosh, what do they want to do? What do they want to see? What would they like to eat? And if they have special dietary restrictions like my dad, where can they eat? And then layer that on top of just trying to figure out where you're going and what this menu item actually is at the place that you decided to land it. I can see how that is very stressful.
1: Yeah, and bringing it back to the perpetual foreigner thing. So you and I are Taiwanese American, but we were both, born in the US. However, our parents immigrated from Taiwan. So we're first gen American born kids, but we've visited Taiwan a lot in the past. So that's kind of our exposure to the motherland. By no means are we super familiar, yeah, with even just Taipei, right? Forget the whole country, just Taipei. It's not like I have my go-to spots in Taipei or anything like that because I always followed my family around. You land, they tell you where to go, they shuttle you around, they order, they do all the things, and you're just like, I'm here. So this was so different because I was stuck in this weird place where everyone was expecting me, and by everyone I mean Ramona's parents, to like know everything in terms of like what we should be doing and like where we are and as if I'm a local, but I'm like, you know I'm not, right? Like I literally am not a local and so I'm googling all this shit trying to like figure it out and also trying to like explain to you and navigate and like ask things. It was a very strange dynamic to be in because I was almost just as foreignery of a person as they were because I don't know anything about Taipei in terms of where to go or what you should be doing and they were looking to me as if I should know those things. So it was just very odd.
0: <laughs> yeah, I can't even imagine like how difficult that must be. Because it literally is when you're with your family there, they Take care of everything. So. When I go back and I'm in Taipei and my aunt is like, do you want boba and Taiwanese fried chicken? I'm like, yes. And she disappears for like 15 to 20 minutes and there's suddenly boba and Taiwanese fried chicken. I'm like, no idea where she got this from. It must be close by because she doesn't go far. Like she's back pretty quickly, but I have no idea where it's from.
1: Or even like my family will take me places to go get the chicken myself or not myself, but like with them. But it's like, it's not like I would know where that stand is if they didn't walk me directly there. The other huge aspect of, wow, I feel very confused about if I belong or I don't belong is language. It was very jarring to me, the language aspect, because my Mandarin is very good. I can speak fluidly and my accent is exactly the same (laughs) as everyone in Taiwan. They always think that American-born kids will always have some sort of American accent when they speak Mandarin but because my mom was always like very anal about my Chinese growing up I speak like Taiwanese people so it was actually very confusing for everybody. So many things were confusing for them. They were like you look like us feature wise but you're also very dark and you're also dressed very strangely and your makeup is different. You know like everything style wise I didn't look like them even if my face and like bone structure and whatever it could look like other Taiwanese these people. Then I start talking and they're like, you sound like you live here. But then they ask me basic ass things. And I was like, what?
0: Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to do's, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app.
1: Hey, listeners, wondering how you can support us? The biggest way is by increasing our visibility by following us on Instagram at Where Are You From Pod, on TikTok at But Where Are You Really From, subscribing to our YouTube channel under But Where Are You Really From Podcast, rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts, and telling your friends. The more people we can get to listen to the show, the more we can continue spotlighting different perspectives and stories. And if you feel so inclined, we're also accepting donations at buymeacoffee.com Where Are You From. Thanks, y'all. <laughs> There were so many instances where I was like, oh my God, you think I'm a fucking idiot. One of the first instances was I went to go order boba and it was so intimidating. Can we just talk about how ordering boba is one of the most intimidating things you can do in Taiwan, frankly. First of all, they have like 80 menu items for every boba shop. I'm like, you have too many things. You have too many things. Just like dumb it down a little, please. And it's all in Chinese, obviously. Like sometimes they have the English, but here's the thing. Even if you say the English, they don't know what you're saying. So you're gonna have to say the Chinese name for them to even know what you're ordering. Like a lot of times Asian countries put English as like a cool thing but then if you actually order it in the english like i don't know what you're saying so i was like okay we're narrowed down to the ones that i can read sorry then i try to order and there's like a very specific way they ask you about how you want your boba they ask you about the ice level and the sugar level but they have like specific terms on how you Call those levels. For example, it's not by percentage. Like I was banking on just saying like bifen's essential or something like thirty percent. It's like utang, way I'm like, what the fuck is Wei tang? Wei tang is the low sugar, so it's like thirty, somewhere between like. 30 oh. to maybe 20 percent whatever anyways ban tang, and then like blah 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 and then the ice is like similar you have to like be in the know already kind of to like know how to say these things so it was just like I was fumbling through that and also they talk so fucking fast man and we've talked about this too it's just every language if it's not the one you grew up with and speak every single day all the time you don't notice how fast you're speaking in your native tongue so when they're asking me these things especially because my accent sounds like their accent. They just assume I'm from Taiwan and they're like, blah, blah, blah like it was so fucking fast you know it took me i don't know 10 seconds of just like processing time to be like what did they just ask me oh they asked me about sugar and ice so it's not like i had to be like what but i was just like blink 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 while my brain was processing and then i was like oh okay yeah 30 percent and whatever so it was very intimidating and then the thing that tripped me up many times is in taiwan they ask you the same things every time you check out somewhere they ask you if you want these two specific things where i still don't know what the terminology is i just say no to it now when they ask me when you get a receipt there's a lottery ticket equivalent of it where it's like you could win money from the government if you take this lottery ticket but the government basically wants you to take it because then it can track all the money you spend (laughs) so anyways they always ask you like do you want to print out this thing and it's separate from the receipt the first few times they asked me i thought they were asking if i want a receipt but with a weird term and i was like no and then they still always handed me a receipt and i was like what the fuck and then i asked my parents they're like no it's the lottery thing and then in restaurants they'll ask if you want this other thing which i could not remember the term of for the life of me where it's like if you are coming with your company, like if it's going to be a business meal, you get this other printed thing that you can take to back to your company, I guess, to expense it or whatever. So all the times they ask me all these things and I'm just like, huh, what's that? And they're like, what? What are you, an idiot? Like they, d- they don't say that, but they're just like, uh, you know, the the thing for the thing. And I'm like, no, I don't, I don't want that. So many little interactions like that where I almost got away with it. I must have confused so many people and they must have thought I was such an idiot everywhere I went because just basic things I could not do.
0: I also just feel like when you're not from a place, you visit with a very different like aura And people who live there are like, we know you're not from here. Like, that's not the right sensation. Like, when you're in New York, you can tell immediately people who are, like, new or, like, tourists because they don't look the same, they don't walk the same, they don't stare at buildings the same, like, the behavior is very different. So I definitely also think that there are so many different ways that a person can recognize that you're not from here. And some of them, like, we're probably not even thinking of all the time, right? Like, I remember my cousins making fun of me for saying wait a minute, because I would say it very quickly and it would sound like so I slur it. And it's like a very like English Valley girl affectation that I never noticed because my parents would be like, oh yeah, that you know, I know what it's saying, but somebody there would be like, what's that? Why are you saying it like that?
1: I mean, yeah, there are so many tells, right, to give it away. For me, it's vocab. It's vocab that I just like, if you don't live somewhere or you're not using the language all the time, you don't have sufficient vocab to say, speak like intelligently. And if you don't live in that society, you don't know the terms. Like these are basic things like the lottery ticket thing and the company expense thing are basic things they would ask anybody and everyone would understand. But if you don't live in that country, why would you know those terms? You're not actually stupid. It's just, you don't live there. So you wouldn't know that terminology. And there are just so many of those instances. Cause we also went to reactivate my health insurance because I I am a Taiwanese citizen and I don't know any of that terminology. They're like asking me all these things and thank God, oh, my mom is there because I was like, I don't know what you're asking me. Like, what is that? I don't know. And then you and I went to Chinese school from age five to 17 or 18. We did our best. Look, we grew up in America. There's only so much we could do here. okay? I mean, it
0: was only once a week. So it's, it's not like... once late. a week for
1: three hours. So we couldn't really absorb that much. We've talked about this. By the time we graduated, we were the same as like kindergartners in Taiwan. So imagine being a full on adult, but with a kindergartner's level of reading capability capability, the words itself, like the characters. The number of characters you know in Chinese because Chinese has like thousands of characters and everyone who grew up in Taiwan just knows these thousands of characters even though it's all rote memorization to know how to read those things. So I I was just like cock-blocked the entire time we were in Taiwan by my ability to read something. It was very annoying because I was like if you read it for me I would actually know most of the times what that thing is but I cannot read it because I don't know that character. The like irony of it all is that we've been in Japan for so many months now. I'm not Japanese and my Japanese speaking ability is way lower than my Chinese speaking ability. But I can read more in Japanese because they still use their alphabets for a lot of things. Like they have Chinese characters and a lot of things, but because they don't assume that everyone has the same reading capabilities. They often put the Japanese alphabet lettering above Chinese characters so that everyone could read it. And so imagine the equivalent being for us, we learn Zhu Ying Fu Hao. Like, That being everywhere in Taiwan. And then I would be a fucking genius. Like the boba, for example. All the flavors. I'm like, I know I know at least half of these flavors, but I can't read it because it's too complicated of words for me to know.
0: Well, I'm sorry you had this experience, but hopefully you learned some new things. I learned Wu Tang and Wei Tang today, and that's just (laughs) going to be seared in my brain so I don't forget that. But listeners, we'd love to hear from you, especially if you are American-born ex. Going back to ex-motherland, if you've had a similar experience, were you amused, frustrated, annoyed, entertained? We'd love to know.
1: I'd love to know what was your biggest hang-up. Because for me, it honestly boil down to which words I could read and like the vocab. So I'd love to know what other people's main blockage was when they go back to their motherland. And I'd love to know if you found like a stark contrast between if you went as a child versus as an adult because I really think those are completely different experiences. So let us know wherever you're watching this and come back next week because we will have a fresh new episode for you then and until then zijjian fishes and